This week on Moms Moving On. And it doesn't mean that just because you're hanging on to your wedding dress or your wedding album or even your engagement ring, it doesn't mean that you're still pining away for that person or you're, you know, it, it's just, it's for, look, it's, it's a thing and it's representative of a time in your life. Like you said, you know, that we once loved each other and enough to get married and create children. But I really encourage people to change their mindset and look at it as an opportunity. You know, we talked about clean slates. It's an opportunity to free yourself from the burden of the stuff. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I am your host, Michelle. And today we're talking to another Michelle, Michelle Saro, who came on my radar uh, through a mutual friend and colleague and who happens to be doing the work that we need to be talking about. Her name is Michelle Saro of Divorce Rx, and what she does is help divorcing parents thrive by bringing inner and outer order to their lives and the lives of their children. And we're not just talking about, you know, emotional order. We're talking about physical decluttering, getting your life together, and it comes from learning through experience. Michelle was once in the place that you're in now. She was a divorcing parent with a million different thoughts swimming in her head, ready to curl up in bed, pull the blankets over her head and make everything disappear. But her background and education helped her to remember that she had three young humans who were depending on her to be the adult and make important decisions. She's a professional organizer who instinctually makes sure that there is order in your home, in your life, and takes a chaotic time and makes a lot of sense out of it. Michelle, I'm so happy you're here with us today. Thanks, Michelle, for having me. This is great. So excited. I'm excited too, because as I mentioned to you before we recorded, I got a ton of DMs this weekend about what to do with all of this stuff. There were women saying they instinctually got rid of everything they owned that reminded them of their ex-husband or the opposite. They had a very hard time letting go. So I just want to hear a little bit about Divorce Rx and your business, and we can dive right into helping people deal with their stuff. Yeah, sounds good. So like you already mentioned, I've been through this myself. I am post-divorce about six years now. I was married for 20. I have three children who are now 15, 20, and 22. So I've been through the logistics of going back and forth and the sharing the two homes. So I get it all. And um, I wanted to be able to come into a space where I could take my professional experience in education and as a professional organizer and put it together with my personal experience as someone who has been through divorce herself. I'm also a child of divorce. So, um, and, and really come into a space where I found out that nobody else was, which I was really pretty surprised about, um, because there's so many unique needs that people going through divorce have with regard to the physical stuff, because there's going to be division of your stuff. There's going to be, in most cases, at least one person's moving, if not both people, there's going to be downsizing. And then there's going to be the setting up of new homes for the single parent you know, and the co-parent. Absolutely. So all of those things, yeah, are things that are unique to organizing and to, to the divorce world. Yeah, they are. And I think women don't realize how much 
of their stuff becomes an issue until they're now in this phase of their life. Like, I, I just think there's two types of women. There are women who emotionally just cleanse themselves of things they no longer want to see in their space anymore. That's how I am. I throw everything out all the time. Or there are the women that hang on to things for whatever reason. And, and probably they're both a little too extreme and there has to be a happy medium, right? Oh, absolutely. So that's a really good observation. There's a lot of people who um, going through divorce don't want anything that reminds them of the time that they were married. It's too painful or they just want a complete and total fresh start, which is understandable. And then there's the people who, um, you know, maybe before divorce, they were able to get rid of things. Um, and maybe the divorce has brought this new dimension of wanting to hold on to physical things. And one question I get asked as an organizer all the time is what's the psychology be behind the stuff? Like, why do people hold on to the stuff? Like, why do we have shows called hoarders? Like, why does uh -huh. that exist? And, and the reason is, is that the physical stuff really represents our memories and our attachments to people, places, and things, you know, um, and we can hold on to too much of that and not having to do with divorce when there's a death or, you know, some other kind of separation or loss, people really have a hard time getting rid of the stuff that is associated. But like you just mentioned, that happy medium is where I come in. And if someone's having a hard time, I can guide them to having boundaries, um, both emotional boundaries, as well as literally physical boundaries. Like here's this box, whatever fits in this box, you, we're going to keep and whatever doesn't, we're going to get rid of. And people, you know, oftentimes people just need the idea of like, how do I even do this? How do I get through this? And, and so exactly what you said, you know, there's that middle ground and, um, yeah. For me, there was something really exciting about a, a blank slate. Like I, I love a blank slate. I loved, you know, moving into a new space with my daughter and being able to decorate it how I pleased and, and changing how I dressed a little bit and getting back to like feeling like myself again. But when you're, coming into your divorce from a place of loss, like you are sad to have ended this marriage and you're sad at the loss of this relationship. I feel like hanging on to the stuff probably makes you feel less like you've lost and more like you've still got your life together. Do you see that a lot? Um, actually, I think that most people who I work with, most women who I work with really want that clean slate, whether or not it was their idea to get the divorce or really? whether, whether they were blindsided by it or somewhere in the middle, they've come to a place and hopefully, you know, people are getting the support that they need. But, you know, as you and I know, the divorce process, you know, it can be super freeing. And that clean slate is what we're all going after, because guess what? The, the hard truth that's not sugar-coated is you don't have a choice whether or not you want the divorce that's happening. And so I like to really encourage people to embrace that. And, you know, it not, doesn't happen overnight. And eventually people do, you know, feel like, okay, you know what? Like, I love what you said about you started dressing a little bit differently because yeah. oftentimes women in marriages that ends in divorce or in any marriages, you know, they, they are in a space where they're living in identity as a wife and a mother that is oftentimes not their own choosing. And it's not because it, sometimes it's because someone has, 
you know, told them I want this or please do this or not even please, but do this. Um, <laughs> Very rarely please, Michelle, yes. come on. <laughs> so, but also, I mean, this was my, my, I can just share a little from my own situation. I was the one who wanted the divorce. However, I realized post-divorce, once I had some space between the divorce and my new life, I was able to look back and reflect and say, wait a minute, I don't even recognize that person who was in there. So that shedding of that identity as the married person in an unsuccessful and, you know, marriage that ended, and I, I don't like, even like to use that word unsuccessful, but in a marriage that ended you know, gives us, gives us a chance to, to have that clean slate and, you know, your clothes, like you mentioned your space, that is so huge. And so many of the women I work with are like, I just, I, I want to pull up the carpet. I want to get rid of the bedding. I want to, you know, and, and I sort of, you know, sometimes I have to have people go a little bit slower because oftentimes that clean slate, they want it like yesterday. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely a function of anxiety. That's how I am. Like, I was just like, get rid of all of it. And I wrote, <laughs> I'm laughing as we talk about the clothing because it, that was like a really personal thing for me. And it's not that, you know, my ex told me what to wear. He definitely didn't, but there was a part of me. And I guess from the way society makes a woman feel it's unspoken, you have to fit this role and sexy is not supposed to be what you're doing anymore. And I'll never forget going to the mall after our separation and buying a bodysuit and like something that I knew it was, a, it was a little much. I don't know that I'd wear it now. Cause I was just, you know, in a different mindset then, but it was such a symbol of my liberation of like, I can wear this and nobody can say anything about it type of thing. And I, I write about this bodysuit quite frequently because it was just, it was, it was something for me that replaced, you know, like the old t-shirt I was always wearing. And, and I felt so good about that. Exactly. And so that's in the clothing realm. And then in your physical space realm, one thing that I always recommend to women, especially, is to have your own sanctuary in your home. Now, sometimes people, I'm actually working with someone right now who is in a really rather large home and that she is staying in and every room needs a makeover. But we started in her bedroom because I wanted her to have a sanctuary and because she's going to be processing a lot of stuff. And so she's open to clean slate. I said, you know, mismatch. It's really interesting. One of the things that often comes up are the mismatched end tables. For some reason, sometimes people will move out and take one end table. It's very strange, but you know, we're working with the symmetry. Really strange. Yeah. It's very strange. <laughs> and and it's, I'm like, just you, do you even like it? And sometimes people even have to be asked that question because they're not used to be being asked, what do they like? What is your preference? And I like to ask that. How do you feel when you look at it? Do you have memories of, you know, it's your bedroom. It's a really intimate space and let's make it your space now. You know, that's the first clean slate space that I like to work with people if they're open to it. I mean, sometimes people want to work in other spaces first, but I love to, to get into that space, that bedroom space first. I have one, one thing to say about the bedroom space is new bedding. Nothing will make yeah. you feel, you know, absolutely a little bit lighter. And bad. If you can pull it, if you could pull it off a new bed and I'll tell you talking about ripping up carpeting. One of the first things I did after I got divorced is I ripped up my carpeting in my bedroom because I can remember my ex would every morning come in with a cup of coffee and he would always spill the coffee. And I oh, was like, what are you doing? Nuts. What I would every day. And it was the first thing I did was his coffee. I would like carpeting. And I said, what, what's happening? And it was, it was so 
freeing and cleansing totally. and symbolic, you know, could I have stuck a chair over it? Sure. But it was, you know, that, that clean slate and that freeing kind of a thing. Yeah. For really me, important. it was, it sounds so silly, all the things, but I know every woman listening to this can relate in my, in my marital home with my ex-husband, for some reason, everything was very gray. The walls were gray. The, the, the furnitures and the throw pillows gray, like our bedroom gray. And I knew he wasn't somebody who was going to like it if I stuck a hot pink chair in the corner of the room. So everything was gray. And I moved into my new space and I found this like online retailer of bedding with like the most out landish like prints and colors. And I was like, yes, my room looks like a circus essentially. <laughs> when I, when I met my new, my now husband, he was like, are you still sleeping on the same mattress? Like from your marriage? And I hadn't even thought of it. And I was like, well, yes, yes I am. And he was like, you yeah. got to change that. I yes. didn't realize that might be a problem for somebody else. Yeah. Mattress and beds. Usually it's interesting. That's the, one of the things that people are most willing to, to change first, you know? Yeah. Mattress, bedding, beds, everything out. Hey guys, Michelle here with a word from one of our sponsors. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, thanks to Soberlink's wireless technology, which delivers test results by text message or email to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Flexible schedules combined with real-time delivery results make Soberlink the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology. For a limited time, get $50 off your device by emailing info at soberlink.com and mentioning Moms Moving On. Drive safe. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do anything, I have to ask, have you not joined the Moms Moving On membership community yet? This is the place I created for anybody looking for the benefits of coaching without having to commit to a high coaching fee. I've rounded up my go-to experts to put together curated content just for you, including free monthly webinars with me, self-confidence boosters, co-parenting tips and strategies, heartbreak advice, divorce anxiety relief, legal advice from top U.S. attorneys and mediators, financial advice, ebooks to help you on your journey, journal prompts and worksheets, discounts for all my favorite brands. The list goes on and on and on. And all of this at only $9.99 a month. Yep, you heard that right. $9.99 a month to be connected to women all over the world who are going through exactly what you're going through and to connect with me. Go to momsmovingon.com slash become a member and join us today. So here's what people have no idea what to do with. The two things I get asked most are pictures like wedding albums, wedding videos, the pictures around the house and the wedding dress. And now from the healthy co-parenting perspective, I always advise parents to leave a photo in their child's room of, you know, whether it's a family photo or mommy and daddy kissing the child as a new baby. I have that in my daughter's room. It's very important for me to have that there for her because it's a reminder to her of two things 
Her parents once loved each other enough to create her. And she has two parents that at the end of the day are her own. So that's something though, in terms of everything else, like, I don't know what to do with my old wedding album. I, I definitely got rid of my dress, but many people don't know like what the right answer is there for them. Right. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not sure I have the right answer because in all honesty, my wedding album is still sitting in my closet. And I want to say that that's okay. And you may, somebody may feel like they want to get rid of it and that's fine. It's such a personal decision and you may not know right away and that's okay. And you know what? Oh, you know, every few years you may clean out your closet and one year you may say, you know what, this is the year that I feel ready mm-hmm. to get rid of it, mm-hmm. you know, and as your kids get older, they may or may not want it. Um, and most of us have enough pictures that are not in the album. If kids ever down the road want to see pictures of their parents' wedding, you know, you'll have that, but it's such a personal decision. If it feels like it's burning a hole in your closet, by all means, get rid of it. There's no, no issue with that. But if you don't know, if you're not sure, and it's not bothering you, I would say, let it sit there until, until you get a clear answer. You know, there's no rush rid of it. Yeah. For me, I just think, you know, we put so much time and energy into those photos and we did truly love each other at that moment in time. I, I am due. I, the only way I know to navigate my divorce is, is by how my mom navigated hers. She saved her dress and all the albums for me. And for when I was an adult to make a decision, whether or not I wanted them or not. And I remember, you know, she had such pure intentions there. And I remember being an adult woman in my twenties, looking at her, like, why did you save this? Like what? I don't want this. You know, I, I'm estranged from my father. So it just seemed really odd. And in my mind, the dress was bad luck. And it wasn't going to fit me anyway, because my mom's tiny, but all that aside, um, I'm now saving it all for my daughter with the exception of the dress. I let her put it on. I, she wanted to see it one day. I let her try it on, put the veil on, play around in it. She was like four. And then I, I very happily gave it to someone in need. Right. Exactly. So that's the other thing. I think that most of us feel like the dress is bad luck. <laughs> I did the same thing that you did. You know, I gave it away to, you know, to, it happens to be to a charity where I knew that there, it would be well used. Um, and I, you know, knew that if I certainly, obviously you're not ever going to get married in it again. And I felt like my daughter would never use that. And I wouldn't want her to, because like you said, it, it's, you know, it's bad luck in a way, I guess. But yeah, again, but if so that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that I've heard people say is again, you know what, let me just hold on to it. You know, and when you're first getting divorced, all of this, these, I just want to stress, these are not decisions that you need to make right away. You know, you may feel like later on you want to, you know, one, if you have a, a child getting married, a daughter getting married that wants to use, maybe I had a big fluffy, silly princessy tool dress. Like maybe she would want to later on, you know, clip some of it off and make a veil out of it. You know, I don't know. She can't do that now because I gave it away, but someone may feel like that's something that's meaningful to them. And so that's absolutely fine to yeah. do. I think um, it's really important for women to honor that there really is no, like you said, there is no right or wrong. There's no way yeah. to answer that question because we all come into this experience with a different level of emotions and a different sense of what's important to us. 
Right. And it doesn't mean that just because you're hanging on to your wedding dress or your wedding album or even your engagement ring, which is another big one we didn't touch on, you know, it doesn't mean that you're still pining away for that person or you, you know, it, it's just, it's, for, look, it's, it's a thing and it's representative of a time in your life. Like you said, you know, that we once loved each other and enough to get married and create children. Yeah. So, well, yeah. the the wedding ring, I often don't talk about because it's so different in every state based on the laws, but I have seen women fight to keep the ring. If they live in a state that says you give the ring back, um, cause mm-hmm. people who separate before they even get married or whatever the case is, um, some women want to keep it to be able to sell it because it's worth a lot of money. Some just right. want to keep it just because out of sheer principle, like I, I want it. It's for me. Mine. And yeah. then, I'm, and then that's where I do have a strong opinion. Cause I'm like, what, what does this ring represent to you that you are so intent on keeping it? Like if you were to pass this down to your child, what would your child say? The marriage didn't work. You know, would they think of it as, as a, a jinx or as having bad juju? You know, I'm, I, I think the ring it's, it's almost better that like the law will spell it out for you in a lot of cases. Right. Yeah. Do you deal with women who, who have a hard time with the ring? You know, I'm really dealing with women who are at the beginning oftentimes of, of the divorce or, or, you know, just after. And so people are sort of frozen Mm-hmm. and really not making decisions, but it does come up, you know, and, we, and oftentimes we have conversations. And like I said, I just, I just tell people don't make a decision now, unless you really know what you want. Right. And even then just hang on maybe. So what would you say are some of like the top three things women should prepare for when like downsizing and adjusting to single motherhood? Right. Okay. So first of all, I would say that the downsizing piece of it, um, if you are finding that you need to, you know, move to a smaller home, I want to just say this is, can be very scary, especially if there's a financial difference that's involved and there often is, but I really encourage people to change their mindset and look at it as an opportunity. You know, we talked about clean slates. It's an opportunity to free yourself. Um, from all, from the burden of the stuff, you know, um, we are definitely attached in our society to the stuff. And when you are willing to get rid of the stuff that you don't need, love or use, you are absolutely then opening yourself up to time. It's, it's people don't realize that the stuff that you have in your home it's taking time away from you because you still need to take care of it. And it's not adding any value to your home. And just on this subject, I want to quickly mention one of my favorite experiments. So, you know, is, is the minimalist documentary, which was, I believe it was this year, if not this year, 2020 on Netflix. I don't know if, if, you know, anyone in the audience has seen it, but it's about two men who are, um, they make up this pair of people who, they just all of a sudden started to downsize their lives. It came from corporate America. And one of them, as he was deciding to partner up with his childhood friend, he said, you know what, I'm going to have this packing party, which has now become this somewhat popular, popular thing to do. He was actually not moving, but he said, I'm going to pack up everything as if I'm moving. I love and that. Then, yeah. Then I'm going to, for the next three weeks, take out everything that 
I'm going to use, you know, only takeout, not unpack, just as you, you know, very clearly labeled all the boxes so you know where to find everything and only take out what you need over those three weeks. And at the end of three weeks, he discovered that, in fact, he only used 20% of his things that he owned that he packed up. Michelle, I have no doubt. Do you know how much... (laughs) crap I have, including the bathing suit I wore this weekend from my first honeymoon that everybody's right. now asking me about. I'm like, it's older right. than dirt. I know. Right. I know. I know. So he was willing to then, you know, give away, donate, toss that 80% because it was this, you know, revelation of how much you really don't need. So as far as that's one way that, I mean, if people are willing to do that, that would be fabulous. But as far as downsizing and as far as moving into single motherhood, I would say that the one thing that the first thing that I do with my clients is I say, great, where are you? Let's come up with a plan. I never start and go into someone's basement or attic or even closet because I want to get a picture of where are you? Mm-hmm. And I, so I advise people to sit down with a pencil and paper and get it all out of your head. What's overwhelming you? And oftentimes I find with women going through divorce, it's not just, you know, about their closet. It's not just about the basement. It's about, it's, it's this, I, I should come up with a, with a term for it. I haven't yet, but it's this relatability, like one thing one thing morphs into another as you have the conversation about, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff in my, in my drawer that I want it to be this nice office space where I'm going to write my memoir or start this new business. But then I come up with this and it's like, then that moves into another thing. So there's the, 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 the stream of consciousness goes all over the place and it becomes chaotic and overwhelming. So I, I tell people sit down and get everything out of your um, brain, first of all, then from there, then write down, what are your, your, you know, top few priorities for right now, and then take those few priorities and what are bite-sized ways that you can start working on your goals, whether it's with a person, you know, a professional, whether it's with your sister, who's going to come over or whether you're able to say, you know what, for 15 minutes a day, the first thing I want to work on is my bedroom. So for 15 minutes a day, I'm going to go into my bedroom and I'm going to work on it. You know, people are able to do that. Some, sometimes yes. And sometimes no, but they need to have a clear plan because otherwise everything seems completely overwhelming. Um, I love this. We should call this the Michelle Saro method. (laughs) And the other thing I want to just say is that People often will start in a room and they'll, they'll work for a little while. And then they'll just be like, Oh, you know, I can't deal with this. There's too many different things. So the first thing that I will do with people is set up different zones and set up boxes and bins and bags. And the other important thing to do is label them. So if you're working for 20 minutes in your bedroom and your kid is calling you down the hall, they need something. Those 20 minutes are not lost. You have everything labeled in your room, you know, stuff that's going to get donated, stuff that needs to be redirected to another room, stuff that's going to stay in the room, whatever it is, you've got those already started, those zones. And even if the first session that you do is just setting up those zones in a spot where you can leave them and continue working on them, that is the, I would say that's the number one tip that I would tell people who are, you know, going to try to do this themselves. 
is set yourself up so that you can continue working and stop at any point without losing what you've already done. Because people will go, oh my God, this is too much. And then just throw everything back into the pile where it came from. I know. And I'm like, oh my God, no, like don't do that. You don't have to do that. You know, I had a very hard time. Um, I, I know it's an emotional process and your emotions will overcome you in the process and you have to be able to stop and start, you know, at a point before you lose your mind. Exactly. And you should be able to, you know what, if you come across a letter that you want to stop and read and it takes you 10, 15 minutes and you want to spend the time doing that, then that's fine. But then you're not, you haven't lost the time that you've spent so far and you can just pick up where you are. And you know, all of this stuff, all of the organizing that you're going to do, whether you're staying in, in the marital home or whether you're going to a new home and you're setting up a new home, all of this is so important. And, and this is whether, you know, I'm working with a divorced client or not, is the, you're showing your kids how to be organized. And it's a really important skill that I, I don't know if it's just my kids, but oftentimes they think things just magically get organized <laughs> and that is not doing them a service because they're going to show up in the real world and go, oh my gosh, how does this work? Yeah. And they have no idea. Yeah. You know, it, it's so important. There's so many, uh, just having been a teacher, you know, you could tell the, the children who kept their desks really neatly organized right. or, you know, we're doing better throughout the day than, you know, so you, so we're totally setting an example, but that's a conversation for another day. Anyway, I think what you're doing is fantastic. And I think that it's kind of like this underrated desperate need, like we, women need emotional help for sure. During the divorce process, they need legal help. And then they also need to know what to do with everything else. And that's where you come in. You are the everything else expert. And I love that. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been amazing. The people that I've met ha- is is it's been so rewarding to be able to help people who are going through this, who are just overwhelmed, and to give them simple ways to get started. Um, it's just been super rewarding for me, and I feel really blessed to be able to you know step into this space and so- to show women like that you don't have to be burdened down by all of this stuff. There is a way out, you know? And if there are women listening today who want to work with you, can you assist them virtually? Yeah, I'm actually doing a lot of work virtually still. Um, And I do, you know, I would also travel. I'm located in New York City, um, but I do travel as well. If, you know, for people who have larger projects, that's something that I do. Um, there's lots of different ways to work with me. One of the biggest things that I like to say is every, I meet people where they are because every single person is unique. Every situation's got their own, you know, details and needs. And I'm really trying to be as flexible as possible, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I highly endorse your services. For everybody listening today, where can they find you if they want to get in touch with you? So you can find me. My website is divorce-rx.com. And I'm also on Instagram at divorce underscore rx. And I do offer like a 30-minute complimentary chat to sort of talk about what are your what are your biggest pain points and how can how can we work together? And I'm happy to to lay that out for people who may know that they need help, but they're not really sure what that looks like. I love that. I'm, I'm so grateful that you are offering that to people because you don't realize how much you need the help until you're all alone and sitting there with a big box of wedding albums and you think, what in the hell? And also to right. that point, I'd like to say, 
when it comes to such personal mementos, like your albums and your dress, don't listen to people's advice. Go with your gut. But for everything else, call Michelle. She's the everything else expert. Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. And to those of you listening, of course, to those of you listening, I am grateful that you are here as well. Keep in touch. Pre-order the book. Mom's moving on. I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.